Welcome to the Real Life Weight Loss Podcast, where we cut through the confusion and get down to the truth about what really works for real people when it comes to losing weight, having incredible health, and a body that you love. We believe that losing weight is really about gaining life, doing things you never thought you could, having renewed confidence, and enjoying your body more than ever. I'm your host, Corey Little. Now let's get to it. Hello, my friends. Welcome back. Today is going to be kind of like the anti-motivation episode. <laughs> I mean, like as you know, I share a lot of kind of counterintuitive, countercultural stuff on this podcast. And today I'm going to tell you when you should give up on your goal. Like when is the right time to be like, no, I quit. Like this is when you should quit. <laughs> this, is, this is the right time to give up on your goal and to quit because there is a right time to quit. Now, see, this flies in the face of everything that you normally hear out there in social media world and, you know, and on Instagram and from all the motivational books and videos on YouTube and all that kind of stuff, you know, oh, keep focused, stay focused, keep your eye on the prize. Don't give, never give up on your goal. You're almost there, you know, and then we see these videos of like, you know, somebody running a marathon and they trip and twist their ankle with one mile left and then they, you know, they hobble through the last mile and we're all like, yes, this is so amazing and they're incredible and they didn't give up because they were so committed and it's inspiring and it's motivational and it's encouraging. And so then we're like, man, that's how I want to be and I'm going to lose weight and I want to get down to 150 and oh my goodness, I've got to get to 150 because that's my goal and I have a goal and I'm going to get there. I'm going to do everything it takes to get to 150. Or maybe it's 175, or maybe it's 200, whatever. It doesn't matter. And today, we're going in the complete opposite direction. I'm going to tell you when you should quit, like when you should give up on that goal. But to do that, first, it's so important to ask a question. We got to go back to kind of the beginning. Like, where did you even get that number from? So it's, it's important to understand where these magical numbers come from. Like, where do your weight loss goals come from? Regardless if it's 130 or 150 or 175 or 215 or 250 or whatever. Where did that number come from? From my experience, it's typically from one of two places. Our weight loss goals either come from some time in the past that we felt good or liked the way we look or life was just great or whatever. It's like, oh man, there was some time, man, when I weighed 170, you know, I remember I was like, you know, it was my third year at that new job and, you know, I was right around 170 and I just felt great and I had good energy and life was just good, you know? So it's, it's either sometime in the past or our weight loss goals might come from the doctor. So before I tell you like when you should quit or when it's time to quit, it's so important that we look at like where these weight loss goals come from in the first place so that I can explain when is the right time to quit on each one, okay? So first, let, let's actually start with a doctor because this is formal, right? And it's the doctor and he or she is an expert and they are an expert. I have tremendous love and respect for doctors. I may actually have one on the podcast before long to do a little Q&A with. But with the doctor, your weight loss goal probably came from something called the BMI. And some of you right now are probably rolling your eyes or you're like, oh God freaking hate the BMI. And some of you may not even know what it is. So hang with me. Like, what does it even mean, right? Like what, whether you know what it is or you don't know what it is, or you hate it or you, 
you know, you're killing yourself to get down to that correct body weight based off the BMI. What does it even mean? Well, I'm about to explain that. The BMI is a is actually a formula. It is your weight in kilograms, metric in kilograms, divided by your height in meters squared. <laughs> so we convert your weight to kilograms, we convert your height to meters, then you square your height and you divide your weight by your height. That sounds like a bunch of complicated mumbo jumbo, right? Well, here's the deal. Here's here's what's more important to know about BMI. It was created way back in the 1830s by some person named, and I pre-apologize, I'm going to butcher this guy's name, Lambert Adolf Jacques Quidlet, Quidlet, I don't know, something like that. Way back in the 1830s, this guy was a Belgian astronomer, mathematician, st statistician, and sociologist. So no doubt, he was a very smart dude, super sharp. But notice, he was not a physician. And he produced this formula to give a quick and easy way to measure the degree of obesity of the general population so this would assist the government in allocating resources. Again, way back in the 1830s. Okay? Now, the only problem is, if we fast forward to 2021, according to our current experts, I'll go specifically to a gentleman named Dr. William Kramer, a very well-respected professor and researcher at the University of Connecticut, a direct quote from Dr. Kramer says, We all know by now that the body mass index, the BMI, is worthless. <gasps> what? Corey, if it's worthless, then why is my doctor still using it? Why is it every time I go, I hear about how my BMI is too high and I'm overweight and blah, blah, blah? Well, <laughs> that's a big, complicated answer. But let me just explain to you why William Kramer would say that the body mass index is worthless. It's because it doesn't take into account body composition. Body composition is how much fat mass you have versus how much muscle mass you have. And you'll notice from what I said earlier, the body mass index was created to give a quick and easy way to measure the degree of obesity of the general population. So if you're active, if you're carrying more muscle mass than the average Joe or the average Jane, well, then it may not be that accurate for you. But so not only does it not take into account the body composition, your fat mass versus muscle mass, etc. In my opinion, it leaves out another massively important factor that we face in 2021 that we face in our current culture and society, and that is the mental and emotional and social component of weight loss. If your BMI is too high and every time you go to the doctor, you feel shame about it, and then suddenly you put this tremendous pressure on yourself to achieve a weight that for you and your body type just seems so unrealistic, that's not healthy mentally or emotionally. And then there's this huge social component to eating and, you know, weight loss and all of these things. It's, as I, you guys have heard me say a million times, weight loss, it really kind of has a simple, simple answer, but it's the implementation of that answer is very complex. So let, but let's, let's not leave the BMI alone right here. Let's dig a little bit deeper into the data and the research. See, it appears the BMI does have some worth, okay? So I know right after I said Dr. William Kramer says it's worthless, it does have some worth. And who am I to disagree with Dr. Kramer? But I think Dr. Kramer made that statement to try to emphasize, like, hey, guys, we have to figure out a better way to gauge someone's, you know, body and where they're at with their health. But if we look at the BMI, many, some of you may know this, some of you may not. So it gives you a number. When you do that equation I listed earlier, it gives you a number. And you're either, 
like if we start on the low end, 18.5 to 24.9, so basically almost to 25. That's healthy. So if you were if your BMI was 19, well you're in the quote unquote healthy body weight range. If your BMI is 24.0, you're in the healthy body weight range. Now, once you go above that, once you get into 25.0 up to 29.9, then you're overweight. Technically, according to BMI, you are overweight. And then if we go above that, if we go above 29.9, 30 and above, then you're obese. So these are three categories. And there's, there's other categories, but, you know, of course, there's underweight and there's class 2 obesity and so forth and so on. But basically from 18.5 to 29.9 is either healthy or overweight, and then 30 and above is obese. So here's what's really fascinating. Research shows that a BMI of 30 or more, so basically the category of obese, if someone has that BMI of 30 or more, it does increase your risk of the big four of cardiovascular disease, which is basically like heart disease, of stroke, diabetes, and cancer. So your goal weight, <laughs> if your goal weight is based off of the doctor telling you you need to get to a healthy body weight according to the BMI, you need to get, basically you need to get below 25 so that you can be of a healthy weight. Just stop it. I mean, like what research shows us, what data shows us is that you could be in the overweight range. You could have a BMI of 27 and your chances of the big four, cardiovascular disease, stroke, diabetes, and cancer, they're not increased. Now, everyone's different. Every human's different. Your genetics are different when it comes to your chance of all of these diseases. If you have a long family history of diabetes, well, then you're probably at an increased risk. But just in general, for the general population, if you have a BMI under 30, especially if it's under 29, you will still be considered overweight according to BMI, but you will not have an increased risk of the big four. So if you're killing yourself to try to get down to a healthy weight, which is completely unrealistic, I would say just stop it. It just might be time to give up on that goal. But Corey, my doctor says I need to be at 145 and I've never been below 160 in my whole life. Okay, well, just maybe do some calculations. You can find BMI calculators online and see what it takes for you to get to, say, 28 or 27. And then just make that your goal. At least make that your goal to start. Because if you don't, and you're just killing yourself to try to get down to 24.5 or whatever to get to that healthy weight range, it's probably causing you some major unneeded emotional distress. And <laughs> a little secret, for what it's worth... I am overweight. <laughs> yes, me, the nutrition geek and the, the former bodybuilder and, the, you know, the exercise nerd. I'm overweight. I'm in the overweight category. As a matter of fact, I get points deducted off of my yearly insurance physical because I weigh too much. Now, for those of you that wonder, I'm about five foot nine. I weigh about 170 pounds and I have a about right now in life, maybe, I don't know, 8% body fat, just a little less than 10% body fat. So I'm pretty healthy. <laughs> all of my blood values are great. My blood pressure is great. All of that stuff's good. But I'm overweight, according to the BMI. So if it makes you feel any better to be a little overweight, knowing that I'm overweight too, well, then there you go. So just kind of to wrap up the whole BMI conversation, if you're 30 or above, when it comes to the BMI, it's okay. There's no shame. There's no embarrassment. 
Yes, according to the BMI, you are obese. Whatever. Screw that word. Forget that. There's no embarrassment. There's no shame. But yeah, if we look at your overall health, it's probably a good idea to set a weight loss goal that will get you under 29 or 30 when it comes to the BMI. That's just the smart thing to do because I want you to have a wonderful, beautiful, amazing, healthy life. And we want to reduce your chance of those big four. So maybe set your first weight loss goal just to get below that 29 or 30 point, uh, 29 or 30 mark on the BMI. Okay, now next up, the other place that we get our weight loss goals from is a time in the past. So we go from one very data-driven, statistical, medical you know, thing with the BMI and my doctor said this and I looked at the chart and there's an equation and all these calculations. We go from that to this kind of ethereal memory-based thing. Oh, this time in the past when we felt good or we liked the way we looked or maybe life was just great and then we just want to get back there, you know. So we swing to the very opposite end of the spectrum. It has nothing to do with BMI and it has everything to do with feelings. So let me just pull out my truth gun and shoot all three of these full of holes, okay? The key word here is past. A time in the past that we felt good or we liked the way we looked or maybe life was great, whatever. Okay, the key word is past. That's in your past. Now, if it was just like six months ago, you know, you lost some weight and you felt really good. Okay, I get that. That's only six months. But here's what you need to understand. You are a dynamic, living, breathing, ever-changing human being. And if you really get honest with yourself, if that time in the past comes, you know, five years ago, ten years ago, oh my goodness, if I really think about it, when I'm reminiscing back to that time when I felt really good and I liked the way I looked, my gosh, I was in my early 20s. And I was fresh out of college and I was working my first job. And my, man, I, did, I wasn't even married. I didn't have any kids. God, it's, it's crazy to think about. And guess what? Now you're in your mid-30s and you have two kids. And I don't care if you're a man or a woman. Life's just different. You're married. You have in-laws. You have two kids. Your body's changed. Your life's changed. Your habits have changed. And yet you're reminiscing back to this glorious time when you felt good or you liked the way you looked. Or life was just great. And I'm here to tell you, Getting back to that number, you can kill yourself to get back to that number. You can work your butt off in the gym and diet yourself to death. And you'll probably feel a little bit better, but it won't bring back that time of your life. That was the past. That was the past, my friend. Maybe you felt great back then. Guess what? You were a lot younger. You probably had, if you're a man, you probably had higher testosterone levels. If you're a woman, maybe you hadn't had a baby yet and you didn't have the, the stressor of pregnancy and delivering the child and then raising the child. Maybe you say, oh, but I really liked the way I looked back then. Okay, you were a lot younger back then. Again, who doesn't like the way they look when they're younger? You know? And as I've said before, liking the way you look is about self-love and self-acceptance now because if you don't love yourself now, you won't love yourself then. It doesn't matter if it's 15 pounds down the road or 20 or 30 pounds. And then here's the other thing that you guys have heard me say on this podcast over and over again. You have this idea in your head that if you lose X amount of pounds, oh, if I can just lose 30 pounds, then even though you don't realize it, what comes after that in your brain? Then I'll love the way I look. Then this fat on my thighs will be gone. Then this fat on my arms will be gone, whatever. And for the vast majority of people, even if they achieve that goal, they lose their 30 pounds or 20 pounds or 50 pounds. 
Their body doesn't look how they think it's going to look at that point. It doesn't look how they anticipate. So if you're just chasing a look, good luck. It's going to be a heck of a process. I'm not saying you can't achieve it, but it's going to take a lot of work. Trust me, I was a bodybuilder. That's what bodybuilding is. It's chasing a certain look so that you can get on stage and present your physique to be judged. And it takes a lot to get there. And for the, you know, for the wonderful working dad or working mom who's taking care of 150 different things in life, devoting that kind of time and effort to your body and your nutrition and your training, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. So maybe we need to put to bed that idea of, man, I love the way I looked 12 years ago and I want to get back to that weight. I want to get back to 135. I want to get back to 180. I want to get back to whatever because, man, that was where I looked the best. Get back to that weight now and you're probably not going to look anything like you did back then. It's just life. And then the last the concept is that, oh man, and this is really like the most deceitful one, the most the one that's most easy to deceive you. We attach a certain weight to a certain time in life when we were happy and things were great and stress was low. And because that gets connected in our brain, that weight, that number gets mentally tied to a time in life that was great and we were happy and we had low stress, then we're chasing that time in life. We're chasing that emotion. We're chasing that feeling by chasing that number. And we need to realize (laughs) that number will not bring that. But it's like it distracts us, right? It's like it makes us think, okay, well, if I can just get there, oh, that'll that'll make my life better. Oh, that'll make everything better. My friends, it's, it's the past and it's gone. And that's okay. You are a living, breathing, dynamic human being. And you're different now than you were yesterday, but you're very different now than you were five years ago, 10 years, or 15 years ago. So we might need to let some of those go. See, here's the thing. Don't don't miss this. If you fall into this category and you're setting a weight loss goal based on your past, your distant past, not three or four months ago, but your distant past, then you're basically setting a weight loss goal based on nostalgia. (laughs) Our bodies change, we change, life changes, our demands on our time and ourself change. It's kind of like saying, man, you know what? I saw a dog on the side of the road and I'm going to go back and rescue him. I'm going to take that dog in and love him and raise him. But you saw that dog six years ago. (laughs) He's probably not there anymore because the world keeps turning and life keeps moving and everything changes. So here's the thing, guys. Look, I can understand looking back and wanting to get to some point when you felt good or life was good or whatever. I totally get that. I do. But it's just very problematic. So if you do this, I encourage you, number one, to be flexible. Maybe you, you know, maybe you loved the way life was and you looked great and you felt great at 150. Great. Okay, great. That could be a kind of a starting point goal, but be very, very flexible. If you get within seven pounds or maybe even 11 pounds or maybe it's five pounds who knows whatever if you get somewhat close and your health is better and you have good energy and you feel great then let go of that goal if your goal is 150 and you can you can insert any number here if your goal is xyz i'm going to use 150 and you get down to 161 and you're like you know what you know it's I'm pretty happy right here and I feel great and my health's good. Well, then maybe you let go of that goal. Just hang around that 160 mark and just realize, hey, that's where I am in life. 
and I want to enjoy life. That's as important to me as killing myself to lose 11 more pounds. Once you're pretty close and you're happy, that may be the time to quit. (laughs) Not to quit everything you've been doing, but to give up on that goal. To give 150 or whatever number a big hug and wish it well and send it off and be done with it. Guys, we have to remember, don't forget this, please. It's not just what it takes to get you to that goal to lose that extra 11 pounds or seven pounds or five pounds. It's not just what it takes to get you there. It's what it takes to keep you there, to stay there. And it's not always the easiest thing. We have this idea that we will arrive, we'll cross the finish line. I made it. I'm at 150 and now I can breathe. And then you wake up two days later and you're at 152 and you're like, oh my gosh, what happened? (laughs) My friends, what was ideal 10 or 15 years ago just may not be ideal now. We need to face that. Maybe if you're getting close to your goal, it's time to give up on your goal. Or maybe if your goal was based on achieving a quote-unquote healthy body weight according to the BMI, then maybe you need to let that goal go and just focus on getting below 29 on your BMI so that you reduce the risk of those big four that I mentioned earlier cardiovascular disease, stroke, diabetes, and cancer. And then you can focus on enjoying life. And then you know what? The more you enjoy your life, the more you'll enjoy your exercise, the more you will enjoy your food, and your weight will probably go on down. But maybe giving up on that extreme goal, whether it comes from your past or it comes from the BMI, that might be the best thing you can do. Okay, guys, I hope this anti-motivational episode was kind of free and maybe a little motivational in some way. So that's it. I'm signing off. You guys are amazing, but do not ever forget that you are so much more than just a number. So don't let the scales dominate your headspace or dictate your emotions or tell you if you're a winner or a loser. No, 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 no. It's a little machine in the bathroom. Don't let it do that. And please remember that losing weight is really about gaining life. And maybe that's why you need to give up on your goal, even though you're 10 or 11 pounds away because you've already gained so much life. Don't lose life by trying to force yourself to lose more weight because losing weight is about gaining life and living the life you've always wanted to. And I know you can do it. I believe in you 100%. And even if you don't believe in yourself, that's okay. You keep listening and I'll keep working on you. Take care, my friends. God bless. Bye-bye.